Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. Because we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in the name of the brave. We are the USA. For those unaware, that flag is still there. It's our future to save. Stand of the brave, the USA. All right. Hey, good morning, Veteran Be Real listeners. If it's morning, evening, or afternoon, I don't know where you're going to listen to this, but we appreciate you guys being on and listening up. Today, I have a, actually a very close friend of mine. We served together for a long time. We actually served in Egypt for a year and did some fun. We had some time, so let's just put it that way. We'll, we won't go into, into details about the fun we had, but we had a lot of fun over there. Uh, David Poist, right? he's, a, he's a Sergeant Major, U.S. Army Sergeant Major, getting ready to retire. He's one of our first um, guests that are coming on that's actually still active. But he's on the verge of getting, he's like literally a couple months out from retiring. So he's basically, you know, he's on that kind of standby phase and clearing. And so, and he's going to talk to you a little bit about that and then where he's headed. So, Dave, the floor is yours, my friend. Hey, listen, brother. I appreciate it, man. Glad to be here. And all the listeners are out there. Yeah, it's good times, man. 30 years, you know, 30 years goes quick. Yeah. And a little background about myself came in 1990, came in as 11 Bravo. First ring list when I joined, switched over to the medical field and had a chance to be at the great place. Back from 2008 to 11, the first med brigade I did a little while with the 21st cash and then first med and deployed with those guys. Four deployments. Yeah, I'm getting ready to get out. And I can tell you for those guys, if there's listeners out there that are getting ready to get out, it's, it is a challenging time with the COVID-19. I'm going to give you share some of my experience. The access to care for what I found for me was almost non-existent. Now, right now, I'm stationed in a little place up in Maryland. I'm not going to point the place out because I don't want to draw negative attention to it. But it's up in Maryland and it's the guys are doing the best they can but your medical appointments are, are almost non-existent. Some of the bigger facilities, they're non-existent. So there's certain things you're trying to do. I'm trying to do when I'm getting out and being told, well, sorry, we're not doing that right now. Uh, for example, I'm not there's no shame. I'm over 50. I have to get an over 50 colonoscopy and endoscopy. Well, that clinic's not open. DHA won't allow them to open. All right. I just got my final physical scheduled for the end of May. I just got that done. And now, you know, for some of you guys that are getting out, you know that if 90 days before you get out, you can do this thing called the BDD. And I, off the top of my head, because I'm on the radio, I forgot exactly what that stands for. But you guys know what I'm talking about. It's to get your VA claim before you get out, which I highly suggest you do. But it's a BDD. And the VA guys are, you have to chat with them on email and you leave messages and sometimes they call you back and sometimes they don't. So you got, it reverts to you're doing your own homework. And I feel like my personally, I'm going blind. You know, you're looking up the VSOs. What are they? What do they do? There's the Texas Veterans Commission. There's the DAV. There's the Veterans of Foreign War because I'm a VFW member as well. And I can remember these guys coming in saying, before you retire, don't do this shit by yourself. Come through us. Well, I reached out to all of them, you know, and I finally got a lady out of Fort Hood that called me back and I'm retiring in San Antonio. So now I'm scratching my head going, well, shit, I'm, re- I'm in Maryland. I'm retiring in San Antonio. And the only person that called me back was a lady out of Fort Hood. How is that going to work out when I go to retire? Does it make a difference to be determined? I don't know. But these are the stresses, man, that you're going through. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's probably guys like me that are going through the same thing. 
You know, I can't sit down with the VA rep. You know, there's like, sorry, the answer you'll get is, sorry, we're closed right now, but keep fighting the good fight. If you are getting ready to get out and you're a senior leader, you got to do your own home, homework. I was authorized to do a 60-day extension. My original retirement date was 31 August. The Army said, you get 60 days, you can extend. So now it's 31 October, only because of COVID. And they understand the access to care and all the stuff with VA is pretty much non-existent. So they gave me the 60 days so I can back everything up. So that's what I'm going through. Household goods was a problem, you know, because at first they're like, sorry, we're not picking it up. And then they opened the books up for that and only for people that were ETSing or retiring, but not for the PCSers. So there's a lot of unknown. You got to remember, man, I had to not internalize this and take shit personal and say, why me? Why is this happening to me? And I had to say, this is not about me, man. This is a COVID thing. This has happened to all of us, you know? Yeah, every soldier out there is going through that trauma because I know here at Fort Hood, like they just opened PCS and back up for the end of mid to end of July. And then soldiers are coming to me because I run a VSO. So, so hey, Sarge, I want to donate this stuff. Or I want to just, hey, man, slow down, Ranger. You know, we got everybody coming at us all at once. So slow down. Let's get let's get lined up. So and you, you, Dave, you're right. You know, reaching out. I mean, I know the VSOs here in Texas are, are huge supporters of veterans. They're like, Moving back to Texas, you'll be OK. I promise you that because they love us here in Texas. But. Yeah, and I, I, I hear it from the soldiers here at Fort Hood all the time. Like, same, same situation you. I got a soldier. He, he's an E6, and he's retiring. Got, he's hit 20 years, but they pushed him back 60 days because of COVID because he couldn't get his medical. He couldn't get a lot of his appointments because even right now on Fort Hood, I'm retired, right? But because I'm retired and got TRICARE, I have to use the base because I live within so many miles, right? But now when we call to get an appointment, they said, nope, you got to go to the economy because we don't have appointments for veteran, you know, for, for retirees and stuff because we can barely handle the active duty guys right now. So we're allowed to go off post again now. So you, there's, And then even then, you call that doctor's office and they can only take so many appointments, yada, yada, because of what's going on. So yeah, this COVID thing has definitely thrown everybody into the loop. And I can't even imagine, you know, you being a senior leader and being in the Army that long, you know, anticipating it being a, a fluent thing that it just kind of should be, you know, step by step, I'm okay, I'm gone. But it's not because now you're running into roadblocks all the time, like the VA stuff. You guys out there, listen. If you're getting ready to step, that VA stuff is more important than you'll ever, I don't care if you only did two years in the Army or did 30 years. That VA step is important because it can set you up for a, a lot of things if you do it right and you're lined up right and you get a percentage and things like that. Because if you got hurt at all in the Army or in the military, any branch, that, that's what the VA thing's for. So that, that service-connected disability can be rated and you got some backup for medical and all that other stuff later on in your life. So it's important. So Dave's not kidding you. I mean, right now he's got to play email tag with everybody, but- He's got to do it because he's got to make sure those blocks get checked because that has to be finished. So that's good. And I know the VFWs and all that stuff, when you get out, Dave, they'll help you a lot with, hey, I got to resubmit something or I got to re- re- reapply for something because they're really good about staying on top of, you know, making yep. sure you got the right percentage. So that's a good thing. Yes, sir. All right. So we kind of talked about that. So let's do this, Dave. Let's let's run into this because, listen, I've known Dave for shit, man, probably 15, 15, 15 years or so. We haven't talked in a while, but we know I know him. So let's talk a little bit about what you're planning to do when you get out of the Army, Dave. So like, what are your plans? What are you going to do? Do you got an idea of what you're going to do yet? Are you, I mean, 30 years, let's just be honest, that's a, a pretty good retirement check. You're at 70, what, 75%. So it's not like you're going to be, you know, monetarily in need very much so much because you've got most of your check plus the VA when you get that because 30 years, your ass is broke, Dick. So you're going to get some money from the VA too. So you should do all right, right? So let's talk about what you want to do in your community. Back in San Antonio, when you get to San Antonio, what are you going to be doing there? What's your plans? Okay, yeah. So people ask me all the time and I say, what are you going to do when you retire? I say, whatever I want. No, I'm kidding, man. 
Yeah, pretty much so, yeah. Wife. 30 years, you can pretty much do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but as you know, man, we played a lot of ball together. We played ball at Walter Reed together. We played ball in Egypt together. You've been on the big time softball circuit. I was on the big time softball circuit. And now we're old and we don't play. And it kind of goes along with everything that I always believe. When God gives you a talent, you have to turn around and give it away. So for years, I've been coaching Little League kids, man, how to hit baseball and how to hit softball. So what do I want to do? So one of the things I really wanted to do was get try to break into the circuit of get away from – not get away from Little League because I love Little League, but try to get into high school coaching baseball. Well, how do you do that? Well, I got a master's degree in sports and business management, but what I don't have is a teaching certificate. Most of your schools, you got to work for the education system unless you go to a private school. So I've already got some resumes out there with through the Catholic Archdiocese of San Antonio. Once again, COVID-19, no response. There's a lot of things on Indeed and Monster and Job Helper and all kind of different things saying we're hiring these coaching. So you apply and you get nothing. So and I'm, and I'm sure it's all due to COVID. So the coaching is something I want to do. Another option I thought about doing was JROTC. Keep serving that way. But the problem with that is most of them will tell you that during that campaign, you can't coach because that will conflict with yeah. The JROTC thing, the weekends and after school. So it's, you know, yeah, I got some yeah. <laughs> what I can tell you what I don't want to do is be some GS something. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Trying to chase that corporate dollar. Yeah. No, working 15, 16 hours a day. Those days are done, brother. Yeah. I don't, amen to that, I don't, bro. Amen to that. <laughs> I'm not chasing that dollar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what I'm, I want to have some fun. I want to be a full time dad. I want to be a full time husband. I want to be the, Roof repairer, the drywall hanger, the painter, the base molder, yep. fixer upper. The to do no, list guy, yeah. the, honey, the honey do list guy. Yeah, that's my that's my role. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, I'll tell you this, and I'll give you some insight too. I know in Texas right now, because my ex-wife, who used to be prior military too, she's got her master's degree and all that stuff, and she wants to be a teacher. So she just literally got hired on as a teacher at a private school, but. Evidently in Texas, just so you know this, and I'll get, I'll, me and you will talk offline about this too, but right now in Texas, they're waiving the teacher certificate stuff if you already have the degrees and stuff, so you can at least get your foot in the door in Texas. So I'll link up with you later on and link into that stuff just so you can feel out that. But because like she just got hired up, on, as I think they qualified her as a, a teacher's assistant to start, but she's actually got her own class and all that stuff, blah, blah. And they, they're waiving a lot of that certificate stuff right now because of COVID, because people can't go on and do all that stuff. So they're, Texas is working around a lot of that stuff, so they're doing really good with that. Plus, if your wife is certified in anything medical, whatever, Texas now has a law where they come into Texas, you can work on that. Uh, you don't have to get Texas certified. They'll let you work on that license you had as a nurse or whatever, whatever state in Texas for like three years, I think, before you have to recertify. So it allows you time to transition in and kind of get, get a job right away. So good for you coming to Texas. But I think it's amazing, dude, because like everybody out there, listen, David's being a little bit modest about his baseball, softball abilities. The, the guy was in like all army level player. Like he was all that. I mean, I, I was drafted to play baseball out of high school and I had a future in baseball if I'd have went that way, but I went in the army and then decided, Hey, that and softball, I was good at it. And I was actually really good at it, but it wasn't my thing. Cause the ball wasn't right. You know, it was just, I love playing it. Cause it was kind of as close as I can get to baseball again, but, but Dave's being modest. So like when this guy talks about, Hey, taking kids out and teaching them, these kids would be learning something and becoming more proficient at their job or their skill set Cause David, was amazing. I mean, the guy had the softest fucking hands. Excuse my language, but he had the softest goddamn hands I ever seen in my life as a shortstop. I mean, the guy would, it was like a vacuum coming into him. It's so good. But, and of course now we're in our, our later ages and we're probably not as smooth as we used to be. I'm sure Dave could still play if he had to <laughs> over 50 league or some shit, but you know, 
he'll give back to that community he's going to be in San Antonio. Some kids in San Antonio somewhere are going to be really super stoked that they got a coach like David when he gets out. So that's I'm excited for you, Dave. I mean, plus I'll come down and watch. You know, you got games or whatever. You travel, I'll come see you because I'm not that far away when you get back to San Antonio. That's right, baby. That's right. So listen, everybody out there listening, you know, Dave, a retired, he's going to be a retired Sergeant Major, right? The guy did 30 years in the Army, deployed more times than he needed to, you know, did all the hua hua shit. Like you said, he was 11 bang bang when he came in. And he, he was like me. I came in 12 bang bang. And then I got smart, went medical. He was 11 bang bang, got smart, went medical. Because there was a future in medical, you know, in the medical world on the, on the outside later on if we needed it. But I, you were x-ray, right? You did x-ray. Yeah. You yeah. were x-ray. So you really had an opportunity to do some stuff. You just stayed in that lane. But becoming a star major, you kind of get out of that lane, I imagine. But So, look. Here he is, man, a 30-year retired, getting ready to retire, Sergeant Major, right? This guy, and he's been a friend of mine for years. He's a great person. He also does stuff. He's working with stuff for some other things. Like he's, I caught him yesterday on, or today, yesterday or today on Facebook doing the suicide prevention and 22 push-ups thing, all right? So he's also advocating for his veterans out there to make sure that we're, you know, everybody out there is being safe. Veterans aren't taking their own lives. They, they know they got guys to reach out to. There's people out there that will listen and talk to them. So that's a very important, it's really close to my heart because, see, I was mental health in the Army. I was a medic, but I was also mental health. Dave was a medic, but he was also x-ray. So as you know what I'm saying, so as a medical soldier, you kind of have, you wear hats. But as a mental health guy in the Army, and I've talked about this in other episodes, suicide and PTSD, because I've deployed six times, right? So I know what it's like to be out there. And I was running an aid station, and I did all kinds of shit in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I'll tell you, PTSD is a condition. It's not a disease. It's not a thing. It's just a condition that we have for life now, because it's not going to go away. It's not something that can be fixed, right? So suicidal ideations are real life in veterans' eyes. Like, that's something that happens to us a lot. I think about suicide usually a couple times a day. Some of them are more serious than others. Some of them are pretty light, like, damn, I, this shit sucks. I wish I wasn't here, you know. And people don't take that as deep as it is, but it is. Because when you're struggling with a condition that gives you nightmares and gives you things that makes you over the top, you know, being a guy like Dave who's involved with the 22 kill and all that stuff, doing push-ups, and just showing that on his Facebook page, right? He's a retiring sergeant major who's showing that he's going to do 22 push-ups a day for those of us, our veterans and our soldiers out there, to make sure that they're not going to do that. They're going to talk to somebody. They're going to help. So, Dave, I applaud you for that, my friend, because I did the 22 thing a while back and did the push-ups for 22 days. And I was good. I was like you, though. I like to elevate my feet. And I think I like to elevate my feet just because I like my shoulders to be lower than my feet when I'm doing it because it makes it easier for me. I don't know. But and I know why you're doing it because of the Achilles issue. But the point is... There are veterans out there. There are soldiers out there that are out there looking out for all of us, right? It's still a brotherhood, a sisterhood. We're still there for each other. We still leave no one behind, right? That's still our attitude. We were trained that way. Like, we don't leave a guy falling on the battlefield. We don't leave a guy falling in the civilian sector, right? We pick him up, clean him up, and get him moving, right? So Dave's doing some great stuff. So those of you out there, just pay attention to the thing. Now, Dave, I know there's not a lot because you're still in, so there's not a lot you're doing yet. But when you get set up, we'll definitely reach back out, and we'll follow up with you later on for another episode to see how you're doing for sure, to see if there's anything we can do to support what you're doing out there in your community now in San Antonio. Absolutely, brother. You know, and there's there's all kinds of different things. You know, I don't know if you want to talk about it now or next time, like you said. Yeah, we can talk whenever. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, so, I mean, and Johnny, or uh, Nikki, you, you know this. With ties into that, you know, with PTSD and stuff comes other underlying problems, you know, yeah. and that's the substance abuse stuff, you know, alcohol yeah, and drugs, you know, yeah. and that's, that kind of goes hand in hand because, and I had a problem. Alcohol was my demon, and there's programs out there, and there's some there's some guys out there, and I don't I'm not going to name them because I don't speak for those those in, in entities, and that's part of our program. But there is a group out there, and they have helped me, and that's a different brotherhood and sisterhood. And I tell you, man, because that, there's points where I felt like nobody drank like I did, nobody had the problems that I do, nobody does the stupid shit that I do, and I would 
I would find that I wanted to numb myself and then alcohol was my thing. Now that's just one side of it. Some guys have problems with, you know, take a guy that has an injury. He gets put on some kind of opioid. All right. Well, his doctors are taking him off opioids, but his addiction is going up. Yep. You see the problem? So what happens when the drugs run out? Yeah, he's got to find new drugs. Yeah. He either goes to the legal substance of alcohol yeah. or he goes and finds illegal substances. Yeah. And then the problem doesn't go away. And that's the thing that we try to work with. And that's another thing that I do, man, is, is give away that gift so freely that was given to me is you don't have to take this on by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've got a group, home group down in San Antonio. I've got a group here. I've been in my program for three years. And it's, like I said, our thing is all about attraction, not promotion, and not using their name in a public forum. So I won't say who that is. But anybody that's out there that knows exactly what I'm talking about probably knows who, exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, um, it's not rocket science here. There's great organizations out there. Yeah. You know what and, I'm saying? The, but that's the whole thing. And I'm going to tell you guys something. Look, I knew Dave when we were younger. Like, we were young. We were both E5s, I think, when I met Dave. I think the first time we met E4, E5, like, we were young. And Dave could drink and I could drink. We could all drink at those ages, right? And our lives grow on and progress and things get more difficult or things get more challenging and then things change, right? Well, I knew Dave. He was a fun drunk. He wasn't like an alcoholic, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when you use alcohol, because a lot of us don't understand something, I stopped drinking. I think, matter of fact, Dave, I think it was like 98. Like after we left Egypt, I literally stopped drinking. Like I, I'll drink a glass of wine or a, one beer with my wife or whatever, but that's it. Like I won't get, I haven't been drunk in probably 20 years, but and first, let me back up. First of all, I'm fucking proud of you because I've known you and I know how hard that was for you to kind of admit that stuff and get to that where you're at in that phase in your life now. And I'm stoked and I'm proud of you, brother, because I know how hard that was. And I know how hard it is every day for you because that becomes part of your routine, part of your lifestyle, part of that, you know, part of that crutch, so to speak. And for you to be you know, sustaining that and doing that, I'm proud of you, man. I'm, I, I couldn't tell you how much, how much more proud I could be of you because I know how hard it is for you. But all you guys out there listening, Okay, alcohol, drugs, and all that stuff are very dangerous because they're very addictive and they're very, they're an easy way. It's an easy way to think it's a way out because you don't care when you're drunk. You know, it's almost like me. Like, one of my things is I get, when I get angry, like I get furiously angry, I feel almost high. Like, I feel I'm addicted to getting angry. Like, I get addicted to feeling angry because I feel like I can do anything. Like, nothing can stop me. Nobody can touch me. I can kick anybody's ass, you know, whatever it might be. But that's, it's like a high I get. It's just getting angry. And that's kind of my high now. And that's why I have to learn. I've had to learn and go to things to teach myself not to get angry anymore. You know what I mean? Like I have to tell myself to be calm. Don't let my kids irritate me. My wife irritate me. I just I kind of let it roll off me now. But what Dave is talking about with the alcohol and or drugs, if it's drugs, I mean, because he's talking alcohol, which is one demon, but there's other demons out there, right? So you guys understand something that these demons come and they'll, they'll grab hold of you. You won't even know they're, that's why you got to be very, 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 astute to the people around you like your wife or your girlfriend or your husband or your boyfriend or whatever it might be if they're telling you you got a problem you need to start listening because that's where you figure out that you're making impact on other people's lives not just your own and then that, that's when you start to feel guilty which then the suicidal thoughts starts coming because you feel like you're hurting other people because drugs and alcohol will, will tie in suicide suicide also comes with ptsd and depression and all the other things that comes with those things right so i'm just so proud of you dave three years is is a long time that's a lot of days with you working really hard every day bro so i'm super excited for you and i'm proud of you and i know there's people out there listening that are the same thing and if you're one of those people out there listening you're you've been sober and you've been sober even if it's only been for a week i'm proud of you because you've made an effort like you've made the effort to change your life to make yourself in a better situation hopefully so that's what's, that's what's beneficial for all of us. And I'm sure Dave can talk more about that for sure. But 
when you get to that point, you start earning self-respect again, and then you can do it, and then you can control this, and you can. Get, it's got to be a great feeling for you. Absolutely, it is. And then to be able to take that and give it back, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, and then to work with other guys, yeah. Work with others, man, and that's that's the whole thing. Because sometimes, you know, just looking at another guy, to sit him down and look at his eyes and know what it looks like when he walks in the room, that he's beaten, he's remorseful, he has shame all over his face, and to sit there and say, dude, I don't have a sociology degree. I don't have a pedigree from all over the place. But I can tell you one thing, brother, I have walked in your shoes yep. and I know exactly how you feel because I've done this stupid shit that you've done. Yep. But there's a way out of this because we don't talk and you have to do this and you must do this and you will do this. That's how family members and employers and people around us talk. This is what you got to do. This is what we do. We say, this is how we did it. This is what we did. And if you're willing to listen, I'm willing to share. And when you do that to somebody and they see the similarities in your story, they don't compare or they're not trying to find the differences and they listen and they say, dude, this guy's walked in my shoes. Maybe he does know something because he's not drinking, you know? And that's why we set these kids he up. Figured it out. Yeah, he figured it out. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? And that seems to reach the alcoholic more. And I will work with guys with, with codependent guys, like alcohol and drugs. But if it's strictly a drug guy, I'll work with them to a point. But I have to kind of say, you need to get yourself a sponsor who deals with drugs. Yeah, it's, because it's had that, Yeah, it's been on that path. Yeah. Because I don't, I can't relate. You know, when All you say, way. hey, I've had these issues. I haven't walked in those shoes. I've walked in addiction of alcohol, but not addiction with opioids or drugs or whatever the demon is. Yeah. And that's where we, we get them on the right track, man. Yeah. And I agree with you 1000% because see, to me, it's just like the army. One of my biggest issues, like in my later years in the army as a senior leader, one of my issues was was leaders that use fear as a tactic to try to threaten soldiers to do shit versus just being the leader that they needed to be with the soldier. Same concept. You know, they, you bring these guys in and go, look, we're not here to preach to you. We're here to like share with you. If you want to learn, we want to let you know we're available for that, right? We're open. We just want to share these experiences that we had to see if it compares to what you're going through. So maybe you know, hey, one of us in this room might be able to help you. And I think if there's a healthy way to do anything, if there's a healthy way to do anything, the most healthy way you can try to help somebody is to explain to them you're not judging them. You're not here to judge them. You're just here to explain what you went through. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't help you, I understand that. But at least you listen to me. Now I'll listen to you. So go ahead and talk. And I think that opens the door. You know, that opens it up for you to be able to receive that. And I, and I know a lot of those other organizations that we're not talking about, they throw in other things to help you with that, like faith or whatever they might throw in to try to help build you up a little faster. But, you know, for me and you, for me and you and on standpoint, because I do some stuff with the VS, VSOs around here. And I tell those guys, man, like the I work a lot with the suicidal guys. I'll be honest with you. I focus on those guys because I have those problems myself. And I tell them, look, having suicidal thoughts, there's nothing wrong with that. When we go too far is when we start to make a plan and we start to take action. That's when we've crossed the line because we know that there's other people out there that will help us. We know there's people that won't judge us and help us. And you know that now that you've been in this group. So you know that. So if you cross that line, you know, that's where we got to really get involved with you and how try to help you and make sure you're safe. But yeah, I mean, I... I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, I, I'm so proud of you, man, because I know how I know how hard it is because I was a drug and alcohol counselor in the Army, and I know how hard it was to get soldiers to see that this is going to be a destructive pattern and you're going to eventually fall off the cliff. You know, you're going to get to the point of that cliff where you're not going to be able to stop and there's nobody else going to be able to save you. You're just going to fall off. And if you don't yeah. figure that out and we don't get you into somebody who's going to be a sponsor or somebody who's going to be a battle buddy with you that's going to, you know, make sure you get through it, you're going to fail. And that was one of our big things in the Army Dependency Program was like, look, we want to get you through this so you can get back to work and be a good soldier and then drive on. You know, it's just a phase. But yeah, man, it's, it's hard. All right. So David Porce, 
Sergeant Major on the verge of retiring. I can't believe you came on the show, man. I, I didn't think I was going to get your ass, but I figured Facebook, I'm going to make you at least acknowledge me. So there you go. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. And I, I'm not a day trader on Facebook, so I'm just kind of like more of like a kind of like every now and again skimmer. And to be honest with that, I only got on there because I got kids that you know are on there. So I got to see what they're doing. Yeah, it's, I'm the same way. I got teenage girls that I got to keep an eye on that shit because I'm like, good Lord. But uh, yeah. dude, I'm glad I had a chance to get on here. And I'm yeah. more so just to see you. And then, uh, yeah. of course, what you're doing, dude, I applaud you. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Well, when you get back to Texas, man, I'll bring you up here. We'll, we'll go have dinner or something, and I'll show you what I do. And then I can come down here later on, like when you're set up and you're doing your coaching. Love to come down and watch a game with the kids and hang out with you, man. That'll be right great. on. Sound, sounds good, brother. All right, man. Well, thanks for being on the show, Dave. You bet. Peace out, man. See you. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone. I'm out of here. Ooh.